Welcome to Recover Strong, a podcast that will transform your recovery from an eating disorder by helping you go from theory to practice to mastery. This is your special time to learn new skills, tools, and get the inspiration you need to recover strong. Let's get started. Good morning, warriors. Time to start your day. Keep your head up, marching on. Don't let nothing stand in your way. Hello there, Warrior. I'm your host, Jessica Flint. I'm the founder and CEO of Recovery Warriors, a wisdom-sharing platform for all people impacted by an eating disorder. Recovery Warriors provides resources and support to heal your relationship to food, body, mind, and soul. I believe recovery is not only possible, but it is worth it. That is why Recover Strong exists, to help you see and connect to the potential that lies within you to find freedom from an eating disorder. Today, we have a conversation with a warrior that I've come to know well through the Courage Club. Now, the Courage Club is a community that inspires healing and personal growth powered by recovery warriors. And along with the Courage Club, she has participated in many of the programs that we've held along the years. Our guest today is Julie Wickham, and I've had the pleasure of witnessing her reach momentous milestones as she takes on recovery. I like to call her Unstoppable Julie because of her intense thirst for recovery after living over 40 years with a life-sucking eating disorder. Now, I personally just visualize Julie just being in this desert and like just scraping on the sand, just crawling along by herself for so many years, just parched for connection. And then she finally reaches an oasis where she has an abundance of connection, support, and recovery wisdom to draw from. And after being parched for so many years, Julie just soaks up all of the lessons and puts them into practice, even when it's hard. Julie really embodies the philosophy of going from eating disorder theory to practice to mastery. And if you want to as well, then I recommend you check out the daily growth habit at recoverywarriors.com habit. This will help keep you fueled for your journey because it is a long road to mastery, but it is so worth traveling. The Daily Growth Habit is a private library of audio affirmations designed specifically for you and your struggles with food, body, and love. Now, only Recovery Warriors insiders get access, and it's super easy to become one. Just head to recoverywarriors.com slash habit and request a free invite. And once you do, you'll be able to listen to the Daily Growth Habit affirmations directly from your podcast player. So what you're listening to right now, it's super easy peasy once you get in. So to do that and get in on this special gift only for Recovery Warriors insiders, go to recoverywarriors.com slash habit. I look forward to you listening in to these audio affirmations that really have come from the heart to you. So I hope they can be something to help you along on your journey. All righty, my friend, let's get into this inspiring interview with Julie Wickham. Welcome to the show, Julie. I am so excited to have you here. You're an example of somebody I've seen who has such a strong desire to recover. And it's been so amazing to see your journey. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So I know you're a big fan of the Recovery Warrior shows, which you started listening to several years ago. How has this show been a part of your journey? Oh my gosh. It, it is the thing that pushed me into getting recovered in the first place. Like I listen to it every day and I, and 
I think I started listening to it in 2000, it was 2018. And every day I listened to it. Sometimes I would listen to podcasts like a couple times. So over a hundred, I think you had, I don't know. It was like forever. Like I just kept listening and listening. And then I, it just, yeah, it just did something for me. Like I just, it was all, it brought me hope. It brought me awareness. I was like a sponge and just taking in what people were saying. And I was in such a low place in my life, just, you know, and uh, it, it just brought me incredible hope and got me to where I, where I am. Yeah. And how many years have you been struggling with an eating disorder? Has this been part of your life? Oh, geez. I uh, think since I was young, like I never wanted to be fat, so to speak. So I, maybe when I was, I don't know, like 10 or 11, and then I uh, ended up doing uh, bulimic behaviors when I was about 15, and then Fast forward that to like when I was about 26, I went to a halfway house, uh, stopped throwing up, but I still had the thoughts and they just said that would go away and they never really did. But I didn't really have a whole lot of behaviors. They just kind of came in waves, I guess, until like 2017. And in 2017, in December, I had to stop taking birth control pills because I was at risk for a stroke because I had migraines. And it, it like threw me into, I don't know if it was perimenopause or, or what, but all these hormones were flying. And at the same time, I work in a school system and there were things going on there that was just, you know, I'm a counselor in a school and I was just overwhelmed and I had some other things going on and I just, I didn't know what to do. So I thought, well, this is menopause or something. So I might as well read about this, right? And so I'm reading and the one thing that stuck out to me was, you know, you should exercise and you should, uh, if I did that, then the symptoms wouldn't be so bad. And uh, because the symptoms would include that I would gain weight and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that ever. So started exercising and my exercising was walking because I just thought that wasn't, you know, a bad thing. Everybody walks. And uh, from there, it just, took over. Yeah. Yeah. It was a definite relapse. There can be these kind of, you know, when I think when anybody struggles with an eating disorder or personality or temperament, you can come to these sites that recommend things that aren't helpful if you get stuck in these rigid patterns and rigid ways of thinking around exercise and food. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty intense because then I thought, well, I'll just lose weight. I'll see as much as I can before the menopause actually hits and I gain weight in my, that's what I was thinking. You know, I had some apps and I started doing all the, all the behaviors and it just kept going and going. And then finally, I think it was in April, actually it was April 19th, 2018 that I remember was, uh, at a at a rally, a drug free rally with kids, I was chaperoning kids at this this rally, and I I'm standing there in the middle of this big rally, and I turned to one of my friends and I said, "I'm I'm relapsing," and she knew what I was talking about, and she's like, "Oh no," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, like today, like I know I am," because at that point I was having thoughts of other behaviors like throwing up and all kinds of stuff, and. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And so my friends who are amazing are like, we need to get you some help. 
So we looked everywhere. I mean, everywhere where I live. And for a, the, there was nothing. There's nothing here. And so I thought, you know, I'm the only person in the Ohio Valley that, that has an eating disorder. In fact, I'm the only person in West Virginia and probably even close to Pennsylvania and Ohio and because I can't find anyone to talk to. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty intense. And so what happened, uh, my boss, uh, one of my friends, her name's Wendy, and she said, you should l- listen to podcasts. And I'm like, I don't even know what a podcast is. And she's like, give me your phone. She <laughs> took my phone and it loads this thing and says, look up recovery stuff. So I do, and I find recovery warriors. And so I think I started listening in May of 2018 and I just walked every day and struggled every day and listened to that. And then I thought, I want to be one of them. I want to be a recovered warrior. <laughs> How do I do that? <laughs> I want to be, you know, somebody that Jessica talks to. I want to meet Jessica. Like, I want to do this. But I'm like, at the same time, is it even possible? And so I am tell my friends, I'm like, you have to help me find there's no one. And then I ended up calling Nita because I think I don't know if you had mentioned, you probably mentioned it in the podcast and it was in the show notes and it was every, so I'm like, all right, I'll call them. I'm desperate. So I call and they're like, oh, we'll find you someone. So they call me back and said, you know, there's no one. (laughs) I'm like, I know. And uh, then they said, "Um, there's a, there's somebody that's a recovery coach in the state of Washington. And I thought, I don't even know what a recovery coach is, but I'll check it out. So I call her up and I'm like, this is amazing. This is a good price. And so I talked to her for actually every week, once a week for like a year and a half. And uh, she was, she really helped me a lot. And then other things started to happen for me because I started to listen to her. She told me to journal and I thought, I don't know, you journaled because you said in your podcast how you journal and you see patterns. And and, uh, I'm like, okay. So I started journaling and I didn't think I would like it, but it was true. I loved it. I write all the time. All the time I write it. It like helps me see things that I never saw before. And then you had, you had uh, the summer warrior challenge. I was introduced to yoga at that point. And so I played you and Jennifer Create Solace like every day. I did the same thing over and over. And I think you only did three, two or three times, but I I did it every day. And then in then I ended up getting a therapist. Oh no, before that I had I'm like, this once a week is not help is helping, but it's not that, you know, I need more. I need more help. So I apply for a mentor from Anad. And I, I think that I'm going to get this mentor like in, in a week or something, <laughs> five months later, oh, wow. I, I, I get a mentor and she's, her name's Karen and she's, a, oh my gosh, she's like a lifesaver. So that happened. And then, uh, I, I see that you have, I think it was true warrior, your school of recovery. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that. And then I see the price and I see the time and I'm like, I don't have the time. I don't have the money it's it this can't be for real this is like i got this so time goes on then i also was reading on your website the recovery warrior website 
And I followed a lot, Brooke um, Heberling and Lizette Hosjack. And so I'm like, well, they sound like me on paper, which is weird. But I ended up finding Instagram. Like I didn't have an Instagram account. And, and a school secretary said, I said, you know what Instagram is? And she's like, yeah, Julie. I'm like, can you help me? And she puts it on my phone. And I'm like, okay. And so I find Lizette on there. And I message her and say, is Jessica Flint the, like the real deal? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, could I by any chance call you? And she's like, okay. So I call her. I'm like, are you sure? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the recovery 101. So I do recovery 101. And I am like a dry sponge now in water. Like I am soaking this up. And in that is the, the point where I tell my family, well, right before Recovery 101, I tell my girls that I have an eating disorder and they're so wonderful. My husband already kind of knew, but uh, that was a big moment. And then from there, I did learn that you were the real deal and how much I learned from there. Then it went from the wholehearted to the wholehearted recovery to the courage club. So that's kind of, yeah, if it wasn't for recovery warriors, I would not be where I am today. It sounds like you just keep following the thread. Like whenever an, an opportunity comes, you'll take it or you'll also be honest with yourself. Do I need support? Right. If your coach dropped out, then you're like, I could go without a coach or I can invest and make sure that I stay on track and I stay moving forward. Yeah. I, well, I end up, I, I always have this vision that I'm in the middle of a, like this muddy river and I'm in the middle of it. And I sometimes like the eating disorder pulls me back and then I'm just like, but I don't want to go back. Like I want to be one of the hundred people that you interviewed. Like I want to get to the other side and I trust you. I trust the other people because you, you couldn't make this up. You couldn't have had that many people and they're all lying to me. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I need to get to the other side and, and I want to, and I, but I need somebody to help me become accountable. Now I have, I have built my own team of like my friends, my, my therapist, my mentor, my coach, my, my family, you know, I got, I just got people. I got lots of people. Yeah. And that's what we need, right? We can't become ourselves by ourselves. It really takes a community feeling that connection to know you're not alone and that you're supported. Yeah. And how has that opened up your relationship with your two daughters? Oh, they're amazing. They're so amazing. And I didn't think I was so afraid to tell them. And every time I would have a hard moment, my best friend, Christy, who has been, oh my gosh, she's been the key to this whole thing because she just keeps pushing me to do better and be better. And um, she would use my girls a lot when I was having rough moments and, you know, shame just kills you. And uh, at that point where I wanted to tell them when I was going into Recovery 101 because I wanted to take a little bit of time off work sometimes. So I would stay home for a couple hours instead of going into school so I could listen and really process. And they are so supportive, so supportive. I mean, Sarah Jules especially and Chloe both, uh, but Sarah Jules has uh, friends that, you know, if she's like, hey, I'm going to McDonald's and they're 
like, what do you mean you're going to McDonald's? That kind of food is this and this or whatever. And she's like, no, all food is good food. It's, you know, she's, she's very in tune with that and very just balanced in fights diet culture, like a fierce woman would, you know, she's learning and I love it. I love to watch that. That's so great. And that's beautiful that you're now at this place where you're fighting diet culture. And so you get to, in a way, learn from her, but also grow with her and reinforce, you know, the positive thinking of resisting the lies of the diet culture. Yeah. And and Chloe, she she just I don't think she's in diet culture. She's in her own little world and eats everything anytime she wants. Like she's all intuitive. I think she knows what what she needs, but it's it's just neat that they're both in in the place to help me and me help them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so amazing. And so you found that journaling's been really helpful for you just to write out your thoughts and and get that all out there. Is that so you, you continue to do that as a daily practice? Yeah, and not not every day, but a lot. I mean, I didn't think I would like it. I mean, I really just thought whatever, I'll just write a couple things down, a bullet list. But no, I've really, I guess I, maybe I do write every day. I write something every day, even if it's to somebody else, you know, but the journaling is like a conversation with myself and I just throw any of my thoughts down on the paper. And I, you know, when it came to, uh, oh my gosh, you did a podcast. It was, um, on, uh, uh, shame and guilt revisited, I think. And that's when you talked about daring greatly. And, and I, I just thought I'm done. I'm just done with shame. I'm going to write everything. Anytime that I feel any ounce of that, I'm going to write it and I'm going to write about it. And then I'm going to share it. And that has been such a key thing for me because I just, holding that in just made me sick. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was like the darkness, you know, I I just wanted to be in the light and not in the dark anymore. Shame is so toxic, right? It's just this it festers inside of us and it really thrives on secrecy, silence and judgment, right? And we're not being open with our story, then we judge it even more and more and more when we're not seeing other people reflect back to us our humanness and our struggle. Yeah. Yeah. And then what about gratitudes? I know that that's something that you were kind of into is your daily gratitudes. Is that a practice that you continue to do outside of the Courage Club? Yeah, actually, actually, my my friend Wendy, who put the podcast thing on my phone, also gave me a gratitude book. And, and I did it probably for, a I don't know, like a week, maybe two weeks. And then I'm just like, I have nothing to be grateful for. I'm a miserable hot mess is what I really <laughs> thought. So I, it's you know, I threw it in my trunk and it was sitting there. And then I do your courage club and then we do it every day. And I'm like, oh, this is, this feels really, really good. I'm seeing things that I didn't see before. I'm noticing things I didn't notice. And so after the courage club ended, I thought, I want to do this. And the thing that I've been doing, uh, because I'm a counselor in a school, I I do that with the kids. Like I say to them when they come in with their struggles and we listen and we figure out things and I'll say, tell me, tell me a big win that you had. 
you know, something you're proud of within like the last weekend or the last couple of days, or tell me something that you're grateful, name three things you're grateful for. And it, you can see it changes the way they look at me. They, it, it, their whole demeanor and their body changes. So it's very awesome. So thank you for sharing that idea. It was a great idea. Yeah, it's uh, it's so helpful. Also that, so the three things we're grateful for, we also do that like one thing you want to celebrate. And I think that really starts to bring in this voice of compassion to see in that cheerleader that we all need inside of us, that inner cheerleader that's like, hey, good job for doing this. Hey, good job for showing up. Even if you're in a bad day, there's still something to celebrate, even if today was the worst day. Yeah. And it's helpful when people comment on it, like, you know, have something to say about it. It's just like, oh, they hear me, you know, I'm, and I, I like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. There is something powerful about, I do a gratitude. Yeah. I've, I mean, I have many times, I actually do a gratitude practice in the morning, gratitude practice in the evening, gratitude practice in the midday. And, uh, and there are different variations of it, but there is something that's really powerful about seeing your gratitude witnessed. I like, you know, I like my morning gratitude where I write more and maybe write more personal things and I address it more to to um, God, my higher power, and I really you know, honor the blessings that I feel I, I you know, because we don't, we take things for granted, like it's as granted, like anything, like we're all living like modern kings and queens, if you think about the like, accommodations <laughs> yeah. we're in and running water, I mean, just everything, it's, it's all of it's just a beautiful blessing. Uh, but then there's something that's so powerful about the community aspect of being able to like have people comment on your on your gratitude or read theirs too right yes i love it yeah it pumps you up looking at other people's gratitudes so what are some of the fears that you've had to really face in starting to venture out into this unknown world of recovery because i mean i think if i remember correctly you said you didn't want to be in the darkness anymore and so you're starting to come out and that takes so much courage but also takes so much resistance to break through everything and there's fears what are some things that you've been working on or challenges that you've been you know working with your coach on working with your mentor on finding reflected in podcast stories well the behaviors for sure like i i i gave up the scale that was the first thing that i that i did it serves no purpose to me because every time I when I, and I took it took me about three and a half months of writing about that, like because I you know if I got on and it was a, a low number, then I was excited, but I could do better. If it was the same, I was like, oh, it's the same, but I still could do better. And then if it was a high number, then I was like, oh, I still got I got to be better. Like it just was never the answer. So the scale was a challenge. Eating breakfast was a challenge for me. I saw no purpose in eating breakfast, but now I now I do. It's still a struggle for me sometimes when I'm stressed. That's okay. That's that's part of the journey is realizing that has been another kind of thing that you could hold on to for compensation that now you're realizing, let me just dial this back so I can can start from a different place. You know, it's almost like entering that now with a different relationship than you did in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, another thing that I struggle with that I'm, I'm trying to deal with is being full, you know, just eating and being full and sitting with the feelings or that was a, that's a challenge for me. But I, at the same time, I think of, I can make it through, like I can, 
let the feeling happen. I can notice it and then I can let it go. I, you know, it doesn't stay with me forever. So I always think of floating it like it's on a cloud. It's just going, it's going to pass. So that's such a good way of looking at it because it is, it's not forever. No feeling is forever. No fullness, state of fullness is forever. So it will, it will pass. And it does. And I'm noticing that I'm working on that, but I'm really noticing. Good, good. And so what are some things that have come from this journey? Because it seems like what I what I get from you is one thing I love is that you are, and I kind of see this mirrored in the way I am in other areas of my life where you really want to see the examples. Like you want to see before you go, it's like, wait, like, is there a landing if I jump? <laughs> like, yes. um, you know, I just yeah. want to make sure. Let me see you do it and have your success and then maybe I'll follow. Uh, and so, <laughs> and that's motivating when you get to see it, other people get to the other side. And it, to me, it seems like you're doing the work, right? That you're, you're, you're pushing yourself into this unknown land. And just from this part of the journey, oh, I remember actually you were so into when I shared in the Courage Club, the movie Finding Joe. I feel like there was just like crazy. So this movie is about the hero's journey, which is a framework of looking at any challenge. It's, it's a framework of overcoming how like in human life that we all have the stages of a journey that we go through in any problem or obstacle in, in overcoming in life. And you were just so jazzed about that. I saw like, like, what was it about that really clicked? Because I feel like that was part of you. Like you were already in the journey. Like you've already had your call to adventure. You already have started to take the steps. And now you're in this kind of, in the hero's journey, this, you're still in it. Like you're still fighting the dragons. They're still there, but you're getting stronger and like you're the warrior and you're like (laughs) doing this and I get to the other end. Uh, And so what was it about that movie or just this idea around the hero's journey that really stirred up something in you? Oh my gosh. I loved the hero's journey. I, I, I just remember you saying, you know, we should watch this and it's a documentary and I'm just like, oh, okay, whatever. So I'm watching and I was fascinated. I was fascinated. I love superhero movies. So that's one thing, but they tied everything together. Like everything that from the Wizard of Oz to Harry Potter, to the Matrix, to Jesus, to like, they, they just showed you how you know, there's a call to adventure from there. There's the, you know, you're in it, you're in, in the darkness, the struggle, and then the return of talking, you know, just about what you've learned. And at the, I'll tell you this, at the end, they have it, when I was watching it, it says finding Joe. And then it said like, I don't know, finding David, finding Jessica. And I was searching for my name. I, I just kept thinking, my name is going to pop up. Where's my name? And and then it just says finding you. And I burst into tears. And I I guess I, at that point, I really wasn't feeling, feeling, you know, because I was numbing a lot. And I had cried. I think I cried for a good solid 10, 15 minutes. And I called my best friend. And I, I said, I just watched this documentary and I can't stop crying. I don't know. I don't know what I think I'm in this. Like, I understand. I understand the journey. In the journey, 
I think they talk about the treasures. The treasures I can see clearly are everything. And then along the journey, you know, if you want to say like in Harry Potter or the Wizard of Oz, how they, how like Dorothy just meets people along the way. Like I I met my coaches. I met my mentor. I met the the people in the Courage Club. I met you. Like I, I meet these people that every step along the way have purpose in my life for some reason. They challenge me or when I'm having a struggle and a rough moment, you know, they, they just say something that kicks my ass, so to speak, (laughs) you know, it's like, come on, you can do it. And, and then I just keep on going. It's so dark. It's so dark and so lonely sometimes. And yet I, I am gifted with people. Oh God, I am so gifted with people that just help me and to get where I'm where I'm going, which is going to be just like you. I'm going to be 100% recovered. I know it. I love this. I mean, I, there's, and there's so many tools that I learned along the way, you know, not just the, you know, the, the journaling and the yoga and the mindfulness and, but just all those skills. I mean, I paint, I like, you know, like how they have, um, adult coloring books I have an adult painting book like where you just it's so amazing I'm just like okay I guess I'll do this I really like it so cool creativity is a massively important thing I think in the recovery journey that just doesn't get talked about enough but like art therapy like all of that is so healing and I find that the the creative activities are what people don't think they truly like they don't feel like that's like it's something they're coming in for they're like yeah whatever okay creative activities and then that's really what allows you to have that space, space. It gives you space to, to rest and, and focus on, on just being and creating. Yeah. I thought I used to think it was a, like when I was younger, I loved it, but then I thought it was a waste of time and I'm like, I, I'm wasting time. I could be doing this, this, and this. And now I'm like, I can rest. I mean, that's part of your whole goal system, right? Of your like relationships and rest and play and you know, I'm like, that's important to take some time and rest and play. Yeah, I think that's so cool that you have just opened up to different ways of of trying out recovery. I love how much you've embraced the this concept of you being the heroine, like the hero of your story. And I, I even think it's cooler to know that you love like superhero movies because I can mm, tell I that them. that's part of like you want this to be uh, the hero that battles the dragons or whatever the villain is. And part of it too is understanding the villain is within us. Like the villain is the eating disorder. The villain is the parts of you that don't accept yourself that are full of shame. And so it's meeting those now from, you know, from this place of learning all the tools and tricks yeah, the unhealth like it's the the healthy self and the unhealthy self, right? And how they're both in there. So the the unhealthy self that was the ad, that is the ad that it gets so loud, and I need to quiet that so I can hear more of the healthy self. But it's in there, and I can appreciate that. It's, it's just like how you used to talk about obstacles, like I. You know, obstacles, I used to think, oh my gosh, why is this happening to me? And now I think about why is it happening to me? I'm, I get to learn something. This is a challenge that I get to overcome. And so welcoming that. It's happening for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it, at the time, I'm not loving it. I have panic 
craziness happening to me. But at the same time, I'm like, this is a lesson. It's a challenge. And, you know, just like in the hero's journey, there's obstacles all the time. And then if I need people, then I'm going to find somebody that's going to help me. And sometimes I got to do it by myself. Oh, well, (laughs) it is what it is until I change it. Obstacles make you stronger. And, you know, in the hero's journey, good hero's journey is like you're battling dragons. You're not like sidestepping lizards, right? And so a lot of times we want this life to just be so easy. Like if it was just so easy, everything would work out for me. It's like, but that's not a good story. No, it's boring. Boring, boring. (laughs) You You need to have these moments of being able to rise to the occasion and show what you're truly made of. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I love the hero's journey. Well, I recommend that. I think that's a powerful framework for you to keep tapping into since you love superheroes so much. I <laughs> I find it so helpful whenever I'm going through an issue to think like, okay, like, because the point is, is that when you go on a hero's journey, you come back with the return, but then you go on another hero's journey again. It's like we're always just in a constant cycling or even we can be multiple hero's journeys with different issues and things in our life. So it's like it's this ever unfolding drama of, of life and an adventure that you can really lean into. Yeah. I always thought that there was just one, but I'm learning quickly that there like there's several. It just keeps happening. And <laughs> I'm like, oh well, you know, what are you gonna do? You just gotta yeah. dive in. <laughs> dive in and then you can say at the end of your life, you're like, I had one exciting story and I really <laughs> you know, I, I I went chapter to chapter and I kept evolving and I kept, you know, getting better and uh getting stronger. So well, it's been so great talking with you. I just, I, I love your enthusiasm for recovery and for this transformation that you're, you're in the midst of. I know it's like you're not fully through it, but the mindset you have, I know, will take you to the other side of it. I mean, mindset is is everything. It's so important, and so you've really had that click where you're like, done is done. I'm done with this. I'm going to move on. I'm, I'm stepping into this this new life and. I'm proud of you for all the steps you've taken. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a hard, it's a hard journey. It's a, it's a tough path to, to be on. And I think, you know, one of the greatest things I think I've learned is that I don't have to do this by myself, but I, but I am responsible for doing it. Like I need to go through it, but I don't have to, to figure it out on my own. I can ask other people to help me. and you know, I just got to trust the process. And I, after listening to all those, all those shows that you, there's no way you're freaking lying to me, you yeah, know, yeah, it's real. It's real. No, no. Look at all the people that are recovered. That is going to be me. Cause I am, I am determined. Oh, well, thank <laughs> you so much, Julie, for, you know, just sharing your story, being this enthusiastic light that you are and a testament to the determination to get to the other side. And it's it's encouraging. It's so encouraging to meet people like you who are mid-swim but are like, come on, let's keep going. We got this. <laughs> You're you, right. You, do. you got this. Thank you so much. Thank you for really helping me save my life. And I couldn't have done it without you and without your show and all the people that you've had talk on your show and all your schools and your programs. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Thank you, Julie. I am just deeply proud of her and how she embraced so many resources to help her recover. Now, let's go over three key takeaways from this conversation to help you recover strong. Key takeaway number one. The scale serves no helpful purpose. Ditching the scale and ditching diets are some of the fundamental basics of recovery. Leaving the scale behind can be scary when you're deep in an eating disorder and your worth and emotions are tied up in the number you see on the scale. That's why getting rid of your scale or committing to not using it is one of the most important things that you can do in recovery. I gave up the scale. That was the first thing that I that I did. It serves no purpose to me. You know, if I got on and it was a, a low number, then I was excited, but I could do better. If it was the same, I was like, oh, it's the same, but I still could do better. And then if it was a high number, then I was like, oh, I still got, I got to be better. Like it just was never the answer. The number on the scale is not the secret to life. Your weight does not define your happiness, your health, or your worth. Stepping off the scale for good is stepping off the emotional roller coaster ride of emotions that come along with that changing number. It can be hard to stop using the scale, but there is so much freedom in letting it go. So that is key takeaway number one. The scale serves no helpful purpose. Key takeaway number two. There is power in gratitude. Now, this is not the first time you've heard about gratitude on this podcast, and it certainly won't be the last. Gratitude is so powerful, not only when it comes to eating disorder recovery, but for everyone, no matter what their journey is in life. One of the biggest roadblocks to practicing gratitude is feeling like it's unrealistic because you have nothing to be grateful for. Julie felt this way when she first started practicing gratitude, but once she continued to do it on a long-term basis, her perspective started to change. My friend Wendy, who gave me a gratitude book, and, and I did it probably for, a I don't know, like a week, maybe two weeks, and then I'm just like, I have nothing to be grateful for. I'm a miserable hot mess is what I really thought. <laughs> so I, it's, you know, I threw it in my trunk and it was sitting there. And then I do your courage club and then we do it every day. And I'm like, oh, this is, this feels really, really good. I'm seeing things that I didn't see before. I'm noticing things I didn't notice. And so after the Courage Club ended, I thought, I want to do this. Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. Give yourself the opportunity to feel unsure about gratitude and try it anyway. It's a practice that is so simple and so powerful. It can be done anytime, anywhere. And if you challenge yourself, you will discover that there's always something to be grateful for, even on your worst days. That was key takeaway number two. There is power in gratitude. Finally, key takeaway number three. Embrace help along the way. One of the most important things to get to the next level of recovery is to know that you don't have to do it alone. While ultimately, only you yourself can move your feet to take the steps down the path of recovery, at the same time, you can embrace support from the people you meet along the way. It's a hard journey. It's a, it's a tough path to, to be on. And I think, you know, one of the greatest things I think I've learned is that I don't have to do this by myself. But I, but I am responsible for doing it. Like I need to go through it, but I don't have to, to figure it out on my own. I can ask other people to help me and, you know, I just got to trust the process. 
because I am, I am determined and I want to, and I, but I need somebody to help me become accountable. Now I have, I have built my own team of like my friends, my, my therapist, my mentor, my coach, my, my family, you know, I got, I just got people. I got lots of people. We don't become our fully recovered selves by ourselves. It really takes a community and feeling that connection to know you're not alone and that you're supported. Sometimes this can be easier said than done, especially when you're still living in the shame and isolation that so commonly comes with an eating disorder. Building community and finding your people doesn't happen overnight. There are many recovery groups, programs, and online communities out there, including here at Recovery Warriors. If you're not sure where to find community or create connection, start with some research online and check out our daily growth habit and become a Recovery Warrior Insider over at recoverywarriors.com habit. And when you do, you'll be the first to know about the doors opening to the Courage Club. There are resources out there for you. And you listening to this podcast is one of them. So continue to reach out and find the support that you need. Embrace help along the way. So these are three key takeaways from this conversation with Julie Wickham. Well, my warrior friend, thank you for having the discipline to listen in. If you found this episode helpful and know somebody in recovery who could benefit from its inspiring message, please share this show with them. It would mean the world to us at Recovery Warriors if we can get our cause out to more people struggling with an eating disorder. So if what you heard today was helpful, share the show with another warrior or anyone on your treatment team. You can do this directly from your podcast player or send them over to recoverywarriors.com. We have a goldmine of free resources there for all stages of recovery. And until the next episode, may compassion light the path you are on and courage keep you on it. You totally got this, warrior.